This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Friday, March 24th, 2006. I am Tom Merritt. I am Molly Wood. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNN's podcast of Indeterminate Length, episode number 192. Our last day without Miss Veronica. Although I'm starting to dig it over here behind the board. I know Tom does like the board. I'm starting to think maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm just stay here. Oh, snap. No. Did you hear that, Veronica? <laughs> yeah. she'd have. <laughs> I, I don't want to fight her. She'll win. <laughs> anyway, she will be back with us on Monday, although I myself will be gone. She has been on the forums. She has been. Yeah, some vacation she's having. You're going to be gone again. What the heck? Is, what is with I us know. three? I will be at Digital Hollywood. Oh, Miss Hollywood. I okay. know. Uh, it's not actually real what are you Hollywood. Going to wear? <laughs> I will be moderating panel that I just found out today. Uh, it's on Web 2.0, actually, and podcasting and blogs, and how mm-hmm. it will change, you know, people's business when they're in the internet and the <laughs> whatnot. Your life. And um, my newest panelist just added today, Mr. Jason Calcanis. Oh, really? I know. So the, that should be fun. Uh, Web blogs Inc. I'm actually very excited because that man, that man spices up a panel. Yeah, I'll tell you, you that. Two? Together, you will make that panel interesting. I hope so. Thank goodness. So anyway, that's Good where I'll be. Good booking on Digital Hollywood. <laughs> all right. So and thanks to Dan from TO for uh, posting this on the forums. Uh, we saw it all over the place today, actually. 60% of Vista to be rewritten. According to okay. smarthouse.com.au. Smart smart <laughs> smart. <laughs> uh, it's Friday. <laughs> smart who? <laughs> anyway, smarthouse.com says... That it has been told that up to 60% of the code in the new consumer version of Microsoft Vista will have to be rewritten because it's just a mess. Yeah, there's even a... They 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 reprint an entire email. Yeah. Uh, an internal email that, that lines out the whole thing. So it sounds kind of true. Now, it may or may not be true. I assume it is in this case. Yeah. Uh, especially because that email was so boring. It has to be a real <laughs> internal memo. It must be. I know the the email is virtually unreadable. But anyway, people have said that that is basically the reason for the delay. And then that kind of led into um, the new, that was another big part then of the new development leadership shakeup. Yeah. And you know what? Good on you for trying to get it right. Yeah. I mean. How come you weren't trying like a year ago? Well, I think they've been trying all along. It's just hasn't been happening apparently they invited some members of the press up to microsoft or to new york last week to see a preview of vista in action um and daniel lyons of forbes was not very impressed in fact he the headline is microsoft vista is not quote people ready what who is it ready for yeah developers basically he said the new programs are phenomenally complex with scores of buttons and pull-down menus and myriad connections among various applications. A Microsoft VP zipped through a demo, moving information from Outlook to PowerPoint to Groove to some kind of social networking program, led to see how your colleagues and your colleagues' colleagues rate various websites, and doodly-doo. And he said, meanwhile, 500 tech buyers sat there in the dark, their eyes glazing over from the sheer numbing, mind-numbing pointlessness of most of this stuff. Now, Joris Evers and Ina Fried here at oh, News.com are speculating that this could actually help out Apple quite a bit. Yes. Could actually boost up the Mac sales. I don't know if I, I buy that. Know. Yeah, they I sort don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the reasoning is sound. That Apple does stand to benefit because it's putting out updates for the Mac OS and it's strong in terms of security, video and photo editing and search. And so that they, Apple could be the clear beneficiary of the flip of the, the delay into Let's Vista. Let's put it this way. 
Apple can't get hurt by the delay, obviously. It probably right. will help them to a certain extent. I don't think it's really going to hurt Microsoft that much in that direction. No, I don't I've... think they're going to lose a huge amount to Apple. Yeah, Because I, mean, I, I think, think Windows this... XP works pretty well. Exactly. And I don't think people are dying for a new operating version of Windows. They're dying for features mm-hmm. is what they, they want. Mm-hmm. But it's not, for once, it's not like, gosh, we really need an update. Right. It's well, not like Windows Me. And they're it's getting... not even like Windows 95 or 98. <laughs> okay, We're okay. like, eh, wish, okay. you know. Okay, my turn. I'm just going on. No, I know. Well, because the more you talk, the more you say all the stuff that I was going to say. Oh, I see. (laughs) It's brutal. Um, No, I... Okay, fine. I agree. (laughs) But the other thing is that people are getting... I think they need to rush out a new operating system as soon as possible, Molly, or people are never going to buy more Microsoft computers. People are getting the features that they want already through external software. And in some cases, that software is free. It's web-based. It's coming from Google. You know, people are doing their photo editing in Picasa. I don't think... And this has been the the thing that keeps Macs from selling well all along, I guess, is that I, it's not like people are just going, I need a new computer thingy. Yeah. And, and I XP want it to do things. Could it could be, be this one or it could be this one, you know. XP could no. be more reliable, but it's fairly reliable. It's yeah. not the most reliable, but it's, I think most people it's who not so crash-prone as previous versions. Exactly. I think most people who have upgraded to XP are pretty happy with it. I certainly am pretty happy with it. And so if I if it were like, I need a new PC right now or a new computer right now, it wouldn't be a choice between like, should I learn a whole new platform because Vista's not here yet? And one of the big hyped reasons around Vista is Aeroglass, which I was reading on a Linux site recently that some people are starting to think that maybe all these animations are not good for you they're not good for productivity they're distracting all of this you know glass looking and animations of your as you move things around that that's just that's just icing and it looks cool in a demo but it's not actually good in day-to-day use well no because all it does is suck up system resources on the back end like you're just kind of i mean remember when even when os 10 first came out its biggest problem was that the all the cool animations bogged down everybody's system and everybody was turning them off I, and I don't. I kind of don't understand why Microsoft would put a ton of energy into that when it sounds like they have m- other major UI issues that they need to address. I definitely do not need things to go swoosh every time I move them. I, I, I don't. Yeah. No. No. Uh, also, Microsoft going to delay Office 2007, formerly known as Office 12, <laughs> until January 2007 so that it will come out at the same time as Vista. Yeah, although it does sound like it is also not done. No, it's not done They're either. They're trying I, to finish the code. I got the feeling from this article on News.com that it might have been okay to release in December, that they kind of figured they could get everything done, but they wanted to take some time, uh, overhaul the interface, and and do some things, put some things into it while they have the option of delaying it because yeah. they want to release it at the same time as Vista. Man, what a mess it is up there. I just am so amazed at how, if that 60% of the code thing being rewritten is true, that I mean, that indicates that they, they must have known for months that they were going to miss this deadline. I mean, come on. <laughs> like that to me indicates that you're not even close I mean, I, I think uh, one of the reasons that I think Office is doing better is they've actually made Office head honcho Steven Sanofsky the leader of a new Windows and Windows Live development group. Well, that was part of the whole yeah. So, this says delayed management shakeup. So thing. I think Office is probably doing okay, and they're like, yeah, you know what, Office is on track. Steve, can you get Windows on track, please? Mm, oh, I see. And you can pack in a few more features right. into Office because while we I understand the time. now because he is the guy who gets it done. Yeah, gotcha. That's what I'm thinking. Speaking of guys who get stuff done, 
Michael Robertson getting some things done I here. I know. Of, of uh, mp3.com, Linspire, Sipphone, Gizmo Project, and mp3tunes.com fame. Just a, just a couple things you probably heard of. Yeah, and some of them more successful than others. Uh, but <laughs> Tom legendarily despises Linspire. No, I do not. I do not. <laughs> that is way overstating it. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I'm underwhelmed mm-hmm. by Linspire. But I thought it was a great idea. At the, In an extremely at the derisive time. fashion. He's sort of taking a little bit of his Linspire experience, though, and applying it to putting an online office competitor up mm-hmm. uh, the first app called Ajax right and I, I believe if you go to what's is it ajaxright.com I have it up at michaelrobertson.com well michaelrobertson.com is and where presumably he, he it would it. be yeah it's ajaxlaunch.com ajaxlaunch.com is the blog but ajaxright.com is where you get it ajaxright.com is that is confusing the first enough for all of you app in a suite of apps, yeah, and I used it to prepare the lineup for today's podcast, and it worked really well. I I put it somewhere between WordPad and Microsoft Word. It didn't have all the features of Microsoft Word mm-hmm. that I might want, but it had enough, and it was it was a little better than than a basic WordPad situation. So, and not only is it free, yes, which is absolutely free. What I think, but beyond that, no sign up, no registration. Just started using nothing it. to install. Like you basically are like click. Type, 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 type. You save, uh, you save the documents to your own hard drive, mm-hmm. uh, which I wonder if he's going to move into an online storage situation at some point, too. But for uh-huh. now, you just save them to your own hard drive. And it will be launching a new application once a week starting on next Wednesday at 12 Pacific Standard Time. So that's where the Ajax Launch that's site AjaxLaunch. comes in. AjaxLaunch.com comes in. So, and if you, so if you look at the Ajax Right page, there are a couple little question marks across the top, which apparently is just waiting to, to be filled in. One of them is colored Excel green. One of them is colored <laughs> PowerPoint, PowerPoint red. orange or red or whatever. <laughs> so, or yeah. orange, yeah. Anyway, um, your comment earlier, what he's hoping will I, I believe that Michael probably hopes in his heart of hearts, and maybe he doesn't, but just my guess would be that he hopes Google will buy him. Mm-hmm. Now, Google just bought rightly, so why would they do that? So they kind of don't need him. But if he does it well, somebody's going to want to buy it. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's the guy to build the first web-based Office suite that mm-hmm. really, truly competes with Microsoft Office, like he's getting bought. Oh, yeah. Or he's getting a ton and of it, money from somebody. As with all of Michael's projects, it looks really good right now. And in the, and the word processor works really well. So fingers crossed that it will continue uh, to fulfill the also, promise. I just love this. I just love the, yeah, the not, I mean, if you don't, because who... Anymore, the biggest dilemma when you buy a new machine is, oh, man, what am I going to do about Office? Because that's like another $500. Yeah. Well, I, you can do use open Office, but and it, you can get by. I use it every day. Yeah. I, I should you disclose, I use open Office, but it's bloated mm-hmm. and it, it runs a little slow. It mm-hmm. doesn't use up all my system resources. I, I can use it, but it doesn't work as cleanly as I would like right. it to. But this, nothing to install, like to use it mm-hmm. from any machine. Yeah, you oh. just launch a browser. Now, it's you do my... have to be connected to the internet. Can't be working on the train. Yeah. You know, until a cognitive radio comes along and makes <laughs> connections ubiquitous. But we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> uh, real quickly, Google added to the S&P 500. So this is like a story everywhere. Today. Now they've got enough money to buy Michael Robertson 10 times over. <laughs> I mean, not even his companies, just him. The, the news has caused their stock to leap. And I should now disclose that. In my 401k, I have an S&P 500 plan, which means that I will effectively be a Google owner 
Well, yeah, because the big news about this is that it, it uh, as micro as MarketWatch puts it, instantly puts Google on the shopping list of hundreds of mutual fund managers who run portfolios that track the components of the S and P five hundred. Or maybe it means I need to pull my money out of that fund. And I, I think though, <laughs> doesn't it also mean because this is totally like a blue chip index, right? So doesn't this mean that that Google is now considered of safe? stock and something yeah. that you know something it's that getting is getting the standard and poor stamp of approval right like i mean this, it can be in mutual funds. this is a non-volatile growth opportunity right i believe is, is the kind of words they use which for that sort i of can't thing. think of another kind of technology only company aside yeah. from microsoft yeah you got your microsoft that's considered that. there's a few of them but yeah it, it's a big honor non non-volatile it's a big vote of confidence put it yeah, that way that's a good term when we come back uh universal to launch a download to own movie service that might actually make sense is freeipods.com selling your information yes and are you listening to this podcast on a portable player an average dial-up connection takes 3.59 minutes to download a one megabyte photo that's longer than it takes the average person to eat four hot dogs so hold the mustard and get Earthlink High Speed, which is up to 150 times faster than dial-up. Go to earthlink.net. So I love this next Thanks, story. New guy. <laughs> Thanks, new guy. We got a lot of feedback about new guy. And the upshot is, you don't like change. <laughs> uh, some, some, he got some positives. So. Yeah, he did get I, I think you'll learn to love him. Collect all 11. Trade with your friends. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is just a great story, I think. Universal Pictures and the online rental firm Love Firm. I saw this on. I see this Love now Film. on CNN. Love Film. Haha. <laughs> are launching what they say is the world's first download-to-own movie service in Britain. I don't month. think it really is the world's I want first it here, but it's certainly the first from a move from a major movie studio. Yeah, the download-to-own. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit confusing to say that's the first ever. But anyway, so it is going to be day and date releases, right? Well, day and date of the DVD. Of the Same day as the DVD. Okay, so the same day as the DVD comes out, the movies will be available for download and three formats, two digital files available for one for a PC, one for a laptop, and then one for a portable device. Yeah. And you'll get a DVD copy sent by mail. That's the coolest part. Like, it, it's really nice to give me three versions of it so it's optimized for different devices. Right. That's pretty cool. But then send me a hard copy. That's brilliant because one of the big arguments about being able to get around DRM and getting around copy protection is I want to make a backup. They're right. sending you a backup. Not only a backup, but probably one with a nice case and the little liner notes that you get with a DVD. Not that they're great, but it's pretty. Yeah. You know? And people like to have that in their collection. It's we have not brilliant. gone past that. No, I think this is genius. Uh, the price is 20 pounds, which equates to about $35 US a little for, a, for a new one. But you're getting more, too. Yeah. So it's not horrible. And uh, it's about ten pounds for the older titles, which is about seventeen fifty US. So, you know, it's it's comparably priced, a little mm-hmm. bit extra, but comparably priced. The other thing is, uh, you will, this is only available in Britain right now, but Universal plans to put all of their catalog online. So eventually, they'll have their whole catalog, and uh, hopefully, they'll expand it to other countries. The CNN story says security measures will make it impossible to email the film to somebody well, else. That's the worrisome part, right there, right? Well, what, you know what are they doing to it? Why is it so worrisome, though? Because really, well, what's worrisome to me is how is that going to be implemented? I don't have a problem with them trying to prevent it necessarily, right. but is it going to make me have to be online to watch the movie? Because then it's stupid. Well, yeah, but I think preventing you from emailing it doesn't necessarily equate to. It doesn't necessarily equate I mean, to you know, good behavior either, as yeah. we have seen. No, I agree. So obviously the, the DRM scheme itself remains to be seen in the sense that it could potentially, will it or will it not mess up your computer or force you to watch it online or whatever when you're uh, online. But 
the the argument that always comes up with sort of fair use proponents because many fair use proponents are sort of would be media stealers <laughs> masquerading as fair use components. So to me, this this is like that wouldn't make me mad because well, I now have everything I want in terms of fair use from this system. I'm not disputing that. What I'm what I'm worried about is. I get really suspicious when they make glib statements like, oh, and right. they'll prevent you from emailing. Well, prevent me from emailing. First of all, copying is what you want to prevent if right. you're the universal, not emailing. Yeah. Emailing particularly isn't a big deal. Yeah, it's weird. And what about file sharing? And mm-hmm. what about my ability to actually go in and take a clip out and play with it? Right. That's fair. When you talk about fair use, no, I totally that's agree. another portion. So it, I, I agree I, with I, you. We'll hold off any criticism, but it, it worrisome. But the term is the, use the term security measures, I agree, always does make one pause. Because you throw around this stuff as if it's the easiest thing in the world, and we all know it's not. Right. Uh, consumer hero Elliot Spitzer out to save us from yet another evil website. <laughs> um, I love he's this guy. He's the attorney general, right? Yeah, he's New York's attorney general. He has sued the site freeipods.com saying... And what authorities say may be the biggest deliberate breach of internet privacy ever. He says that gratis internet, which is the site that runs freeipods.com, apparently he allegedly sold millions of consumer email addresses despite a promise of confidentiality. Now, I did a column. My very first real deal column for CNET was about freeipods.com and the, the, uh, the process you have to go through to try to get one of these. And right. I even said in the column that... You're giving them your information and you're assuming they're not going to do anything bad with it, but mm-hmm. you don't know that. And this is why I say things like that. Right. Appar- because even though they said we're not going to sell your information, apparently they may have. You just never know. Yeah. It says on the sign up pages, the site promised that it does not sell or rent emails. But Elliot Spitzer says instead of confidentiality, Gratis sold access to their email information to three independent email marketers and hundreds of millions of email solicitations. Do they have a response from Gratis on on why they did this? Or? Gratis did not immediately respond <laughs> to requests for comment. They're actually, <laughs> composing a very safe legal response. I'm yes, sure. I always use maybe now, there was an opt in, you know, maybe or or more likely an opt out yeah. hidden somewhere that you had to uncheck or you had to you know do something. Yeah, maybe to I don't get know. them not to do this. Maybe there is some disclosure. We don't know for sure. We, we don't see. know. You it and, is a you and I. it is a fraud lawsuit that has been filed. Mm-hmm. Well, it uh, it's pretty interesting. That Elliot Spitzer guy, he doesn't let people get away with stuff. You can actually get a free iPod from those people. That was the one thing that bore out. A free it iPod just, and billions of emails. It's a real pain. Yeah. And yeah, apparently maybe, maybe. a bunch of spam. Although, Allegedly. You know what? They maybe they sold my email cuz I I used a, you know, a real email address when I went through this, but uh, how would I know? See, with all the spam you get? I use, when I sign up for things that I think might be a little bit sketchy because I have my own domain, I use um, words oh, use related specific, to the site yeah. as the email address. Mm-hmm. Like I can, you know, so it'll be like it would be free iPod at right. my personal domain.com. Um, and then if I sense a lot of spam from that, like it'll be specific and then you can, it, I do it mostly so you can block by that, but it is one good way to know exactly where spam's coming from. Yeah, I used to do that. Now I just use one catch-all account for that kind of stuff. Yeah. All, so, cause I'm, I got tired of having to keep track of all those domain accounts. I know. And cause you eventually, some of them start to fill up with spam and then you have to get rid of them so that you're not having to delete. And yeah. Mock, I should be know. clear. I rarely sign mm-hmm. up for stuff <laughs> with my personal account, but when I think it, it might be legit, then I usually still build in a little trap for them. So 
where are we right now <laughs> with you listening to us? I'm talking to you with the headphones on or the speakers on. <laughs> where are you listening to this podcast right now? Because you are listening to it. That is one thing we can be sure. Well, but apparently 80% actually, of we podcasts sure. do not... Well, if you hear us, you're listening. Oh, right. <laughs> you're trying to argue with me on the fact that if people are hearing it, what I'm saying, okay, they anyway. might not be listening. <laughs> you weren't listening. According to a recent consumer survey conducted by Bridge Data, the relevance of portability <laughs> to podcast usage has been vastly overstated. In fact, more than 80% of podcast downloads never make it to a portable player or another device. This used to be true of me, actually. It says they are consumed on the PC or worse, never listened to or deleted. Now, one thing that the iTunes folks pointed out to me is that that with their uh, feature, which other other podcast aggregators also have, their feature that automatically unsubscribes you if you don't listen to a certain amount in a row helps to keep the dead wood out. I got I unsubscribed from a podcast recently because I hadn't listened to it in a week and a half. How do they know? It just uh, it knows when you press play, and then it takes a little dot away in iTunes. Oh, and so, so there's built-in iTunes tracking. If you see tracking? five dots in a row or more, I think it mm. it automatically unsubscribes you and puts a little exclamation point next to it to let you know, hey, you're not listening to this. Do you still want to be subscribed? That's interesting. So it clears out some of the dead wood. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when we started doing Buzz Out Loud a year ago. I had a very small music player <laughs> yeah. uh, that I did not find convenient to put podcasts on. So I listened to all my podcasts on my laptop. No, I think a lo- I get the sense from our listenership that a lot of them listen to it. Well, I think we have a big commuter audience. Yeah, too. we have a lot of people listen to it in their car. We have a lot of people listen to it on their PC. Mm-hmm. We do have people who have taken pictures of what they listen to and put it up on Flickr. That's so we true. know there's some laptops and some creative zens and other things out there. The design technical article gets a little bit funny. It says there's a quandary at the end uh, as a result of this survey. We find ourselves in a bit of a pickle. Either A, our definition of podcasting is insufficient or inaccurate. Or B, 80% of those who we call podcasters are nothing of the sort. <laughs> well, you know, it's just funny. Oh, come on. I, I, we hear this around the office with podcasting and we see it out in the industry as well which is well you know what is podcasting and why is it catching on so much Mm -hmm. you know what it's just audio i know it's just audio and it's delivered in a new way which gives you some new options for what you can do with it but it's i mean the reason we have so many commuters is because it's audio and that's what you do when you're driving you listen to things portability is an element it is not the defining element despite the name which really was just, you know, if you're going to capitalize on anything right now, it's going to be anything with pod. Did Adam Curry pod, 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 coin pod, pod, that pod, name? Pod. I do not know. And I refuse to speculate because I don't want to be corrected. I'll no, say he did. Just <laughs> oh, so I can oh, be corrected. Oh, you're crazy. Uh, geek, geek alert. <laughs> Ding. Hard drive sectors changing from 512 byte to 4096 byte, 4K byte hard drive sectors, the first change in hard drive sector usage after 30 years. Whoa. And that's all I really have to say about <laughs> Me that. Me too. But it, it's interesting. Apparently, it'll make it more efficient to uh, manage hard drives. Oh, so, yeah. Interesting. IDEMA uh, is proponent of this change. <laughs> and, and that's more, all I'll say about it. And in more science news. <laughs> it's Science Friday. It's Science Friday. Uh, oh, we're still going to get sued now. Uh, first steps toward artificial gravity this is so interesting. have been taken. People have been saying it's impossible. Well, the European Space Agency says you are impossible. Small <laughs> acceleration sensors placed at different locations close to the spinning superconductor 
which has to be accelerated for the effect to be noticeable, recorded an acceleration field outside the superconductor that appears to be produced by gravitomagnetism. <gasps> this according to Slashdot, hmm. uh, which I think they are linking to ESA's own website. Yes. So this is pretty reliable. They say the effect is very small, so don't expect to use it to see it used in spacecraft anytime soon. It starts small. Well, Where? how many spacecraft do we have, first of all? Don't expect to see it in your spacecraft anytime soon. Well, like the space station. But yeah. yeah. No, no, I know. How? Where are we on um, artificial anti-gravity? We have that, right? Artificial? Or is that just in the movies? Anti-gravity? Yeah, you know, a little room that you go and float around in. Well, the, the closest thing is to go up in a plane mm. and do the, the I would vomit like them, comet. I would like them to work on this the other way. Okay. I want to go into a little room. You're and just around. never satisfied, are you? <laughs> we finally That's get true. artificial gravity, and you're we already finally, on. Where's Andrew? Because I have been waiting for artificial gravity. Because regular gravity is crap. Funny posting from uh, someone I'm going to call I Sting. <laughs> Even though I'm not sure if that's appropriate, but okay. I, I like pronouncing it that way. So you can correct me. Right. I Sting uh, says, "I don't think you need to travel a lot to benefit from the sling box." Really. I think it can be used in the home to watch your DVR or satellite in other rooms of your house. For example, watching TiVo in the bathroom. <laughs> we get a lot of comments about um, technology in the bathroom. And then some people are like, remind me never to borrow your laptop. Yeah. Uh, but I think maybe with the trio instead of the laptop, in the, if you're talking about the bathroom. Mm -hmm. While you're shaving, brushing your teeth, you know, just have it sitting there. Mm -hmm. Be nice. I like it. Yeah, I like no, it. I, I like I'm it. all for it. Very interesting. Um, it is time to move on to the email portion of the show, which I believe I will call the Re the listener fact check portion of the show and I love it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Robert is writing in for the first time because uh, he was he hearing our comments about the Dell XPS 600 Renegade and I said um, I was talking about the paint job. I said something like it's painted by a guy who paints Harleys which I'm sorry to report that I was probably repeating from like the Dell marketing people. You said it in adulating tones too. Oh yeah, no it was very exciting but he Robert wants us to know that this guy who paints these Renegades is a world-renowned painter named Mike Lavallee. Lavallee? Lavallee, maybe? Um, who paints... <laughs> which I just can't. I can't do him any credit, apparently. He paints so much more than Harley's, apparently. Robert says he needs to be recognized for his work. I bought his DVD, and I used his technique for True Fire to paint my Xbox 360, and I will tell you, it is not easy. I painted pretty much everything in my house True Fire, and it took me forever to get right. Dude, if you have a True Fire refrigerator, will you please take a picture and send it to oh, me? Oh, seriously, yeah. Because that's... But Awesome. All right. Yeah. That's anyway, good. Give credit where credit's due. There it goes. Jason wrote in, said, uh, just a correction. Just a correction. Just a little, just a correction. On what I think I heard Molly say about the PS3 on yesterday's podcast, the PS3 will be region free, which is what we said. Yes. But this will only be for games as it stands right now, which is also what we said. Well, also, actually, I think I may have suggested that, well, no, I don't know. I think I suggested that in the future, you that might have meant that you could watch movies. Oh. Blu-ray movies on okay. it. If so, Blu-ray no, movies were games, not region free. So, clear. okay. Also, this doesn't mean a game released in a language other than English will have been translated for us. Okay. Which I don't think we I, were trying to apply. I never would but, have thought but, that But interesting could to note. Yeah. Uh, and nothing against the new Earthlink guy, but I enjoy the old Earthlink guy better. Oh. Uh, you know, change is hard. It is hard. Especially when it comes to Earthlink. Um, Donald, that sounded totally wrong. <laughs> That was meaningless. Please Just ignore. Just read the next email. Donald uh, wants to make a correction to Dig and Slashdot. Um, we referred to an email we'd gotten yesterday in which we sort of had heard that FCC chairman Kevin Martin might be supporting the tiered internet. Apparently, um, stories on that 
came from, according to Donald, a quote that is two months old, taken completely out of context in the name of sensationalist journalism. Uh, the, so there's we have a link to the interview that the quote came from, which we will post on the, the forums. We're not only correcting ourselves. We'll oh, post no. it in the newsletter. Not we correct forums. everyone. Oh, yeah. In the newsletter. Sorry. Stan G. wrote in uh, about the Internal Revenue Service story that we were talking about, I think, on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, about the IRS being able to allow tax preparers to sell your information. He wanted to make it clear that they do have to get your consent. The tax preparers do. The tax preparers yes. have to get your consent. That is it's true. It's still a bad idea. Yeah, we didn't my... mention that. Because, but... you know, they can bury that consent pretty easily. Oh, yeah. But... And privacy advocates are just as concerned about the consent element because all kinds of things get consented to in the signing of a gigantic document related to tax prepare- preparation and whatnot. So. And Stan even said, of course, the IRS is still off base, but that is no excuse to tell half the story. So. <laughs> that is true. I'm I think not that's sure a it was tenth only of half the story. There's only a we, we told eight tenths. Anyway, no, consent is important and we should have noted it. So upload, thank you very much, dear listeners. Upload your videos. We have a video contest going on and some people were even asking for something like this on the forums a mm-hmm. while back. So uh, make a video, upload it. Uh, we put the link in the newsletter. We'll put the link on the forums today. I will put that in there today. The topic for the videos can be anything from what's your favorite electronic product and why what do you like best about CNET, which is sort of mm-hmm. self-serving? Uh, and if CNET could offer a personalized service, what would you like it to be? Groceries. Uh, which is actually... <laughs> deliver my groceries, CNET. <laughs> also, can you clean my bathroom, CNET? <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, anyway, These are so... going to be great videos. Look for that uh, URL on the forums, uh, forums.cnet.com, or in the newsletter, and upload your video. The best videos will be showcased on our site, and the winner... Or winners will be invited as one a, winner. I think it's one winner who will be invited as a guest on Buzz Out Loud. Also, speaking of winners, congratulations to our T-shirt winner of the week. We will be sending out a T-shirt. Uh, by the way, if you've won a T-shirt and you haven't got it yet, it probably is because Veronica was on vacation. She does the mailing, mm-hmm. and we're we're our legs are broke or something. We're apparently. not good at boxes. Yeah, we can't write. They are so hard. Uh, but Daniel Mad from the forums, Daniel from To, Daniel. and why you may ask, because Daniel has been the scoop master. Lately, he's been posting stories on the forum before they show up on news.com. We've been getting so and we've been mentioning it. They're all like just so relevant to everything that we want to talk about. So thanks for giving us so much material this week. <laughs> and uh, as I've mentioned all the time, just because we missed you yet doesn't mean you won't win. We can we're only going to give out one a week. So mm-hmm. uh, keep hanging in there and keep participating. Do cool at things. Forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. You can also email us buzz at cnet.com or call us 1-800-616-CNET. And of course, if you want to keep abreast of the rest of the day's news, check our sister site at news.com for updates throughout the day on what's happening in the tech world. <gasps> Goodbye. Goodbye. It's oh, no. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't know you were going. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah.
He made us wonder. Do you believe anything is possible? He made us believe. Start believing today. He'll be missed. We revolve around you. No.